Hello, everyone, and welcome into another episode of That's What Bee Said. I'm your host, Bree, at Breezy Clee. Tonight, I am joined by Miss Meredith Can at MCAN Sports. Hello, Meredith. Hello. And we welcome back Miss Brittany Mollis at Bird's Eye View. Hi, Britt. Do you guys hear Joey? She's in the microphone right now. <laughs> no, but little I'm sure dude you'll is... hear it on the, on the show. Oh, no. Maddox just ran downstairs. Hey, huh. bud. Oh, no. <laughs> This is awesome. It's all going <laughs> Okay, buddy, I'm recording my podcast. Is there one thing you want to say and then you have to go back upstairs, okay? Just say, here we go, brownies, and then go. All right, good job. Go. Who is that? That's Brittany and Meredith. How can you talk to them? That's <laughs> And I'm supposed to be recording the podcast. <laughs> Can you go to bed? No. Okay. One second, guys. It's okay. <laughs> I definitely heard Joey that time, though. Night, night, buddy. I heard his footsteps running, and I was like, there is no stopping this train that's about to land. <laughs> the little thump, 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 thump. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> okay, I'll start over. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of That's What Bee Said. I'm your host, Bree at Breezy Clee, and tonight I am joined by Meredith Kane at MCAN Sports. Hello, Meredith. Hello. We are thrilled to welcome back Miss Brittany Mollis at Bird's Eye View. Brittany, welcome Hello. back. I've welcome missed you guys. Back. We've missed oh. you. Everyone's missed you. Oh, my God. We missed you so much. We get tweets a lot of, where's Brittany? Where's Brittany? And we're like, like we she's, promise. She's a depressed she's mess. Just like, <laughs> we, we needed to wait to unleash her. For I was like, we promise. She's still with us. She just needed to take a little bit of a break. That's all. Yeah, you know how it is. Yes, and you're coming back at a wonderful time because, well, there's a lot of reasons. The first I want to kick off with, it's our two-year anniversary, you guys. Woo! Woo! Two years. We are two. We are in our terrible twos. <laughs> that, it feels crazy. Like... I don't know how, but somehow it feels like we just started this yesterday, but we've also been doing it for 10 years. I'm saying, yeah, like, feel... time doesn't exist anymore. Nothing no. makes sense. Construct. No. It doesn't because exist. Two years, it, like, of... it, it genuinely feels like, you know, this could have started last week or, like, five years ago. Yes. And it all feels the same now. I mean, we could have started this in the Hugh Jackson era, and <laughs> it would have felt we the did same. It? I know, right? It no, kind of feels like we did. <laughs> wow. We so we start we started in the Freddy Kitchens era. Oh yeah, so. I was getting Gosh. time hops um, of our first. I was getting time hops of our tweets from two years ago, actually, a couple of days ago, and I was reading our bullet points. You know, because we always typically send out a tweet with the bullet points, and I was laughing internally, but also kind of crying because <laughs> I think we started. Obviously, it was like end of October, early November, and I think we had just lost to Denver. Do you guys remember that game? Oh my, oh my god! To Denver on the road yeah. to like their third string quarterback, and I was reading the bullet points, and I was like, man, we thought we had it bad this year that (laughs) was not that far removed that was crushing crushing i mean there were so many things that That game and oh wait it was the san francisco game too oh my god the san francisco game there were so many bad games miserable and then okay i remember so i went on um the candlestick chronicles podcast 
that week. That's the um, 49ers podcast that's hosted by um, Chris Peterson, Biederman, excuse me, and Kyle Madsen. And I remember going on that and the secondary was banged up at the time. And this is like the only reason why I remember this so specifically. But he asked me about the secondary and Miles Garrett. And I was like, oh, it's okay if Miles Garrett is out because the secondary is so strong because I think he was injured or something the week before. I don't even remember. But that was my take was that the secondary was so good that Miles Garrett could sit out <laughs> Just like that was the worst take oh. I've ever had. I was like the very next week I was texting Chris and I was like, can we just delete that episode? And, pretend that <laughs> and, you, and you just brought happened. it back up. <laughs> I know. Listen, listen, I'm willing to admit when I was wrong, you know, like Same. I feel like that's something, especially when you're talking about sports, like nobody's going to be right 100% of the time and it's okay to be wrong. That's one of the reasons why I get really annoyed with that old takes exposed account, because like at one point it was funny, but now it just feels malicious. And it's like yes. things happen. People are wrong. As long as you like learn and grow and you're willing to correct yourself, it's OK. So, yeah, that's just me bringing up really terrible opinions I had two years ago. <laughs> you didn't have to expose yourself oh, like this. I, I did. Listen, I did it before hashtag old takes exposed. Did it. <laughs> Um, so I want to ask you guys, as we reminisce a little bit here about our two-year tenure together, what, what's been your favorite part? And then do you guys each have a favorite guest that we've had? Britt? I know my favorite guest. Who's your favorite guest? Uh, Britton Berry. Easily. That, that was Easily. a good one. That was such a yeah, good yeah. one. She was great. She, she was so yeah, funny. She might be the funniest person I've ever talked to <laughs> in my entire life. And I don't think people realize that that was a two-part episode because we talked to her for literal hours. Yes. yes. Hours it was supposed to be in, like a half hour. Yeah. And we were talking to her for literal hours. And there was probably maybe 45 minutes or so of content that wound up on the cutting room floor just because I was like, I can't put out you know, an episode that's so super duper long because I didn't think that people would listen to it. So I think I split it up into like two 45 hour long sessions and there was still like another 45 minutes that wound up on the cutting room floor and then probably another 30 to 40 minutes of just us BSing with her. So yeah, she was a gem of a person, is a gem of a person, was an excellent guest. Absolutely loved her. That was probably yeah. the most I've ever laughed during one of our episodes, yes. especially yes. with a guest. That was yes. just such a good time. Um, I think probably this should be no surprise to anyone. My favorite guest would have to be Aditi because yes. she's queen of everything. Yes. And we're going to talk about her a little bit on the show tonight because like she does, yes. she made an excellent point this week and kind of got crucified for it unfairly per usual. Um, of course. But that was probably my favorite guest. I think my favorite part of doing that's what B said, other than, you know, just the friendship that we've been able to cultivate is I really like it when dads especially, moms too, but I feel like dads do more often. They'll tweet us or send us messages or send us emails and they'll talk about their daughters. And the show sort of offers a different perspective that I think has been missing from this sort of atmosphere for a long time so i we came in and we filled this little void and gave women more voices and i think that's probably my favorite part of doing this still 
Yeah. I would agree with both of you. We've had some really fun guests on the show since we've started. Um, And I would kind of echo what Brittany said. Like, it's sometimes it's difficult to get motivated to do this show, you know, especially after long work days, maybe not so fun topics to discuss, uh, you know, going through an entire pandemic and not really having any sports to to discuss Mm -hmm. the ups and downs of every Cleveland sports team and there's there have been a lot in these last two years unfortunately but you know we kind of have built this friendship and this little therapy session that I still look forward to even on the really long days um and you know I was thinking the same thing everyone in my house right now is experiencing some sort of a stomach bug bug it's like ripping through and I was like man I'm so tired I have to get up early tomorrow like get to you work. have to wash your hair well, I, I actually, I yes. was able to wash my hair before the show, like some miracle. Three texts us, um, she's like, can we go early tonight? I have to wash my hair. <laughs> I know, I was like straight from Saved by the Bell, I was like Kelly Kapowski. <laughs> oh my god, I actually just, so Saved by the Bell came to Netflix recently, I think I just watched that episode <gasps> recently. Yes! Okay, so, oh, this is going to be a complete sidetrack, because this is just what we do. So I feel like the internet has confused my brain so much to the point where if I don't remember something or if I remember something incorrectly, I'm convinced it's Mandela effect and I've switched timelines. So mm-hmm. now I we're was, talking. So I was watching <laughs> Saved by the Bell, right? And so it started out with the original season of Good Morning Miss Bliss. Like that's on Netflix as Saved by the Bell. And then it goes to the very next season and like see like episode one of season two and it's already with ac slater and everyone's already friends and i was so confused i was like wait i thought there was an episode where ac slater gets introduced and he talks about being a military kid so he's been in like 30 schools in two years which is you know kind of impossible but that was like the whole thing and zach morris spent the entire episode trying to woo kelly kapowski i was sitting there i was like i thought that was the first episode and i was so confused and i was racking my brain i was going on saved by the bell reddit to see if anyone was talking about missing episodes i felt like i was going crazy but it turns out when they put saved by the bell on netflix they put the episodes in production order not chronological order so that episode that i was thinking of is like halfway through season three or something weird like that. So I just like, I thought my brain was broken and it turns out it's just Netflix, Netflix messing with broken. me. Yes. Wow. I'm, I did not know that I'm going to have to, I, if I end up getting the stomach bug, maybe that'll be my all day binge watch if I am bedridden. Hopefully that, that is not the case, but yes. um, yeah. So I was, I was, you know, getting ready for the show tonight. And I was like, man, I'm tired, but I'm so looking forward to just chatting with you guys, having some laughs. It always puts me in a really good mood, regardless of, you know, the mood that I came into this episode for. Um, yeah. But we've had and- so many fun guests. Like, Britton Berry was amazing. Aditi was amazing. We have to have her back on, by the way. It feels yes. like we yeah, are long I think, overdue. Yeah, we should we should probably try and get her probably for the next Pittsburgh game, I'm thinking. Yes. We had Callie Brownson on, which she was she great. Was incredible, yes. Yes. Um, and even just last week, um, Britton, you missed it, but we had the Carmens on, which Ken is amazing, but also Liz, his wife, joined the show as well. And it was just, it's just good to get to know people outside of, you know, what you see on Twitter or hear on the radio or read about them. And I feel like we've done a really good job of, like, kind of getting to know the people that we've had on. So I want to keep doing that. 
Yeah, and then going back to the favorite part about the podcast, obviously the number one best thing that have, that has come out of this podcast is my friendship with you two. Yes. Like, it is invaluable. But also one of the things that I love about it is not only are we creating a space where women feel comfortable talking about us about sports like we've created a community where everyone is welcome you know it doesn't matter whether you're a man a woman gay straight you know any member of the alphabet mafia like it does not matter who you are if you love sports and if you love cleveland you have a place with that's what b said and that's by far i think one of the most special things that i feel like we've been able to to accomplish yes yes well it's interesting because we recorded that episode last week Meredith with Ken and Liz on Monday evening and Mm -hmm. it was before all of the drama unfolded which is wild because we didn't even get a chance to talk about our thoughts on it so you know we don't want to beat this uh to a pulp just because it's just been exhausting listening to this all the last week but you know, for those that don't know, OBJ is no longer on the team, in case you missed him on Sunday's game. I didn't uh, even realize that. I was wondering oh, why. You were wondering I was wa- why I didn't get any targets? Yeah, I was wondering why why OBJ had no targets on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, sense. he had almost as many sitting on his couch that he did against the Steelers two weeks ago. So there's oh, that. He. I know, petty season. Anyway, no, it. I, I like am, but I'm not. So after the Browns lost to the Steelers uh, over a week ago, Everything seemed to have fallen apart so that it could fall back together. Brett, I love that you added the Taylor Swift line. So good. And I put he, 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 he after (laughs) That was me being super clever while I was at work today. I was just typing. I was like, do-do-do-do-do. And then I realized I did that. I was like, aw, Swifty. That's why you get paid to write. And I don't. (laughs) Um. So the events that occurred thereafter was Odell Beckham's dad went to social media to post pretty much a video clip of his son getting open and Baker Mayfield essentially not throwing him the ball. What, what a very odd turn of events here. And it was radio silence from OBJ himself. Um, So we obviously know how everything else unfolded. I wanted to ask you guys, just to get your thoughts, like what was the most telling part of all of this that went down? Britt, I'll start with you. So for me, it was just the silence. Like after everything happened, there was, you saw it play out on social media and granted, you know, it wasn't him. It was his dad. It was other athletes, you know, superstars, chiming in on Twitter or Instagram or whatever it was. And he didn't say anything. Yeah. And, you know, when Stefanski spoke the next day and he said he had not talked to OBJ in those 24 hours, I was like, okay, like this is done. Because when everything happened, I was like, okay, this seems like it's, it's breaching a point of no return where – Imagine your dad going on social media <laughs> and blasting. Jerry Mollis. Like, first of all, thank God Jerry Mollis, he has no idea where I even work. Like, he <laughs> he asked, he's like, where do you work again? He, he, people thought he was joking. He genuinely has no idea where I work. And I know that about him. He just, they don't, he doesn't care. Uh, but if he did go on and blast my employer, and people are like, well, he didn't bl- he blasted one of his teammates. If he blasted any part of... <laughs> The person who signs my paychecks, 
that's a problem. And the first thing I would have done was tried to defend myself in some way. Even if I just, you know, texted Stefanski or Barry or Baker and just said, you know, I'm sorry, my family's a little crazy. Ha ha ha. Like, you know, a <laughs> little bit of laughter or something. Nothing. Yeah. This man did not try to, he didn't even make an attempt to clear his name or defend himself or say anything, which to me was him saying, I'm okay with this happening. And I know there's a lot that went on behind the scenes that we'll probably never know about, or maybe we will, maybe he'll talk. And But the thing about Stefanski and Barry, even if there's a lot, they'll never say it. They'll never come out and, and give their side to it. So you just have to accept that this didn't work out and it's fine, but man, that was, that was it for me. It was just the, the nothing, the silence of it all. And that, that was enough to say, okay, this guy, he legitimately does not want to be here. Yeah, I would agree with that because I remember when he, when he left New York, you know, there were things that were a lot more blatant. Like he was kicking nets and getting, Mm -hmm. you know, getting in fights with field gold nets on the sidelines. And at that point, you know, I'm not going to criticize anyone for talking about his body language because it was clear as day at that point. But, you know, he's getting into fights with inanimate objects on the sidelines. And he did like an interview with Lil Wayne and he was trash talking Eli Manning and all of this stuff. So he was very, he was very outspoken himself. I feel like he was trying, this is not any like insider info. This is just my speculation that I think he remembered how things ended in New York and didn't want to, quote unquote, get his hands dirty again. Like he didn't want to be caught complaining about Baker Mayfield or Kevin Stefanski or anything else that was happening. And so I think that's why you started to see other people tweeting on his behalf. And I think also what was a little telling was Jarvis Landry was was silent about everything until... Um, until they actually announced that he was being released. And then Jarvis Landry says, oh, he, you know, he was one of the best teammates I've ever played with, which is, you know, what I expected mm-hmm. out of him. But I feel like he was trying to do things differently, but the same this time around and just not understanding that people would have seen right through it. And everybody did. Like, everyone saw through it immediately because there's no way that your dad is tweeting about something or posting about something that you're getting frustrated with or getting LeBron James. Like there's no way that these people who you have these relationships with, whether it be familial or friendship or professional, whatever, are just saying these things out of the blue on trade deadline day of no no less. The timing. Yeah. Yeah. So just the timing and everything coming together. Cause there's no, cause like if my, if my dad, and I would have done exactly what Brittany did, if my dad tweeted something at my employer, now thank God my dad doesn't have Twitter, but if he did randomly tweet something about my employer and then I notice it, I'm immediately like, oh crap, I, that is, please ignore my dad. He's on something, like whatever, Even, you know, but like my dad, I have a great relationship with him. He would never do that. Um, right. And, there have been times where he's been like, man, I really want to say, and this has been with like former employers, man, I really want to say this to X, Y, Z. I was like, dad, don't do it. And he's like, yeah, you're right. That would be dumb. Like that's, <laughs> that's what happens. So it just, it feels like it was the exact same exit as it was in New York. And it feels more dramatic because OBJ tried to keep his hands clean, but he didn't. 
Yeah, I would agree with both of you. I, For me, it was the immaturity and how the entire ordeal was handled. Um, and to be honest, like Aditi's reporting on Thursday when she was at Berea is what really swayed me. Because I'll be honest, like you guys know, everyone on Twitter knows if you scroll my timeline, like it's no surprise. Like I have been a staunch defender of this man mm-hmm. over the past year and a half. And I was even willing to give him the benefit of the doubt in this situation too. In fact, I think it was on Tuesday morning, like I had tweeted free OBJ before like it became a hashtag. <laughs> and you then like and then free, okay. no, 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 listen. So listen, I you tweeted that. Started it. I d- it is yeah, LeBron James started the must fire. have seen that. And, but I did okay, so I just have to say for a minute, I tweeted that. I went to a funeral and was kind of off the cusp, but like once again, this is me tweeting without like really explaining my thoughts. And I'm not trying to backtrack at all, but like I was extremely frustrated the last two years of not figuring out a way to utilize this supposed offensive weapon that we had at our disposal. Mm-hmm. Like I was frustrated. I wanted him to be unlocked in the offense. Like that was my whole free OBJ, not from like, oh, Baker's holding him back or like this team's holding him back. I just wanted him to be utilized. So that was like where I was coming from. But then when LeBron tweeted that and everyone else started jumping, it was like, yeah, like it was like OBJ was being held hostage in Kevin Stefanski's basement in a glass house, like a la Joe from you. (laughs) You guys, you heard it here first. OBJ texted Brie first to start the hashtag. Yep, you guys think it's Justina, but it's really Bad Breezy Glee. Sorry. Yeah, Um, yeah, he's texting you before he's texting Josina. You heard it here first. (laughs) So when Aditi kind of put that report out on Thursday, you know, I started to really think about it. And it's true. Like, the fact that he didn't reach out to any of his teammates. His dad posted that video, like you said, Meredith. There's no way he didn't know that was going to happen. And then there were reports that he, like, showed up on Tuesday, like, expecting to practice. Like, I'm sorry, but... Like, he wanted to be still seen as, like, the good guy. Like, look at me. I'm still showing up. I'm still expecting to practice. Like, I'm still, like, all in on this team. Like, I'm sorry, but your actions are saying the exact exact opposite. And so that really bothered me. Um, And I'm not trying to be super petty. Like, I don't want him to fail. In fact, like, I hope that he does find his success because he's he's been through a lot. Like, there's a lot of injuries – I think he's been pretty open about maybe the mental struggles of if he even wanted to play football anymore. Uh, But then, like, when the report came out yesterday before the Browns game of, like, he wants to go to a contender and that if he gets picked up by, like, a team that isn't winning, he's going to – it's going to be a problem. Like, that just really rubbed me the wrong way because you just left a contender. Yeah. So like, like, how's it, how's it good? What are you going to do? Like, how's well, yeah, it going to be like, a problem? What is it that you're going to like, what is it that you want though? Because a team that's contending, like, why do they need you? And it, it like, if it's not about the catches, like you're not, you might not get the, like, you may not be the man in that type of offense or that type of team because they're successful without you currently. So I just think it's very, it's a very mixed message and what OBJ really wants. Like, does he want to be the man? Great. Well, you might be the man on a losing team and like, that's fine. Like, just say that then. Right. Also, in regards to um, the Josina tweet, I don't think OBJ actually showed up to the facility on Tuesday morning. Like, the, or, well, there was no practice on Tuesday, but the next day on Wednesday or Monday, whenever it was, um, I don't think he actually showed up because I think he was told, like, if I recall, because Kevin Stefanski spoke and I think Andrew Barry spoke too, and I think they both indicated 
that they let OBJ know to not come to the facility, period. I could be remembering this incorrectly, but I think that's what it was. And the report that Josina put out, obviously it was whatever OBJ had, had texted her because she has a very good relationship with him. And so I think he told her that he showed up to the facility and he was sent home when that wasn't what happened. I don't think he was... I think he was told before practice started that you don't not to come in. You're excused from practice today. So um, I, I think that's what it was. So I think he was definitely trying to use Josina as well in that whole situation of, of his dad tweeting and LeBron James tweeting and then telling Josina, hey, I showed up to the facility, but they sent me home because he knows that she's going to report what he tells her because she's reporting from the source. That's her job. That's what she does. Josina right. did everything correct. Yeah. But she was just fed incorrect information from a source that she trusted. So I just, it, it, I think he kind of used her slightly in his little chess game, whatever yeah. he was playing when really he was playing checkers. Yeah. So we'll move on from this in a minute. But like one thing I wanted to ask you guys specifically like everything happened very quickly and deteriorated very quickly after all of this went down. Um, was that surprising to any of you? And like, we are all very big supporters of Andrew Barry and Kevin Stefanski on this podcast specifically. Like, how do you guys think they handled this entire situation? I don't think they, okay. So, you know, as I mentioned, when I saw the post from his dad, I was like, Oh God, like this is not going in a good direction. I also thought at that time, I'm like, okay, like OBJ is just going to explain the situation, talk to them, you know, give him his side and be like, you know, and then the next day I thought we were going to hear Kevin Stefanski say, hey, this is all blown out of proportion. It's not what it looks like. You know, everyone's still, I didn't think that this was actually going to happen the way that it did. I was like, oh, this is just going to be a normal day. It was not. It went every way that I did not expect it to go. But to their credit, Stefanski, Barry, and Baker all handled it exactly the way you want it handled. Because you see a situation that's not working. You see he had no problem burning these bridges. They accepted that. I give them credit for trying to make this work because you do. As a team, you have this elite talent. You want them fitted in. You really do. But if Kevin Stefanski has these schemes that OBJ is just not fitting in or he's not trying, I think that's, the, that's one of the points that gets lost in all of this is that he understood the assignment and did his own thing anyway most of the time. So the fact that they just cut their ties within you know a couple of days, like, you know what? You're not going to make us, you're not going to make a mockery out of us, period. This is not the old Browns. This is a new regime. We're here to, to take this seriously. I remember, remember when Kevin Stefanski said something about um, personalities. What did he say? Personalities, personalities welcome. are welcome. Production, Production is, is required. required. Yeah. So when mm -hmm. you're at the point where you have this guy who's just not, he's not producing. He can't produce in the scheme. He's doing his own thing. It's time to let him go. And people are like, well, why didn't Andrew Barry trade him in the offseason? Why didn't he trade him before trade deadline? What were they going to get for OBJ? If, if, if this happened, you know, Monday, if it happened Sunday evening after the, the Steelers game, what exactly do these fans think was going to happen? 
because you have this guy who's he's got a bum shoulder. He's coming off you know ACL surgery from last year. What did you? Th- his production has fallen off completely over the past five years. I don't understand what the, it, they thought. Andrew Barry was going to be able to get from him. And let's remind everyone that there was only one team even sniffing around to trade for him. So uh, all those people are like, well, he's elite and blah, blah, blah. It caused this whole war on social media. And it's like, do you, are you listening to yourself? Because it seems to me like this, <laughs> nobody wants to trade for him. Right. I mean, that was pretty obvious, right? Yeah, I feel like people forget that real life is not Madden. Right. Where you can just like scroll through available players and say, okay, this is what I want. Like, in order to trade, you have to have a trade partner. You know, like if I went up to Brittany and said, hey, Brittany, I'll trade you Llama for Joey. You know what the answer is going to be? Hell no. I mean, first <laughs> off, I would never propose that trade in the first place because Llama <laughs> is the light of my life. But that's, that's what it is. Like, you need someone to trade with you like you need a partner you need another side to agree yes i like this deal let's do this deal handshake let's let's get it done it's not oh llama heard her name and she just woke up (laughs) like it's not just you know it's not just madden where you can say okay trade and then scroll through the players and then select a player and then trade like i just I don't understand. I actually got into a fight with someone today about that. I was because they're like, why didn't they trade OBJ at the deadline? They should have gotten something for him. And I was like, who? Who were they going to trade with? And like, what there were they are going to trade other for? teams and nobody wanted to New Orleans sniffed around. Yeah. Like yeah. this is the action that they got for this guy. So what is it that you wanted them to do? I think what they ended up doing was the best possible outcome for probably both of them. Yeah, and it sends a message to everyone in saying that it does not matter how good you are. It does not matter how good your potential is. It doesn't matter what your name is, who you are. If you're not going to contribute to this team, you have no place here. Right. Yeah, I think the only thing I was surprised to hear from, like, some of the other players, you know, because there were obviously press conferences happening all throughout the week. um, And obviously they were all getting asked about it. And I was a little bit surprised to hear Miles Garrett when he said, you know, they didn't really tell us like what was going on. And, you know, interestingly enough, all the players were very positive about like we would welcome him back. You know, mm-hmm. we 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 would be fine to have him on the team if he's going to help us win football games. And even Baker, who was directly targeted by this man's father and called out said the same thing. Like, I'm willing to put my ego aside and work through things if we think that's the best thing for the team. And so I thought that was really telling on all the players' parts. I was, you know, a little bit surprised that it, they made it seem like they were kept a little bit in the dark. But I also understand, you know, they probably can't know all of those details uh, Mm -hmm. specifically. Um, And I don't know if if they should know all of those details either. Um, And like you said, Brittany, I don't know if it'll ever come out. To be on to be honest, like I don't know if we will ever find out like what really happened um, behind the scenes. You know, like I don't know, like there could be so many conspiracy theories. We're never going to know that. Um, but that was really the only thing. Um, I think Andrew Barry and Kevin Stefanski, fortunately for us as Browns fans, are probably the two best people to be put in the situation and how to handle this and then move forward and get their team ready. And, and one more thing, yeah, I will give OBJ this credit. I have never heard 
a bad thing about him as a teammate because I I've spoken with some of his former teammates before and you know completely off the record you know no one within earshot no mics on nothing recording anything like that like talking completely candidly every single one of them said he's one of the best teammates I've ever had so Mm -hmm. you know and if he wasn't they would have said something knowing that it was off the record but I've never heard anyone say anything bad about OBJ as a teammate so I, I truly believe it I truly believe that he is a good teammate and I think that this is just one of those situations where it didn't work out and I think because both sides wanted it to work so badly that's one of the reasons why it kind of exploded you know like if you have like if you're dating someone and you both know that it's not working out but you want it to work out you're going to do everything you possibly can and when you both kind of come to that realization, things kind of explode. And I think that's just exactly what happens. So, I mean, I still believe everyone when they say, I believe all of the Browns players, when they say that they love OBJ and that he was a great teammate, I believe his former teammates when they say the same thing. Mm-hmm. So I, I still, to this day, believe that OBJ is a great teammate and I do want to see him have success wherever he goes. I wanted it to be in Cleveland. Unfortunately, it just wasn't in the cards. Yeah. You know, the irony in all of this, at least to me, is like the entire narrative and rhetoric has been about like how OBJ is just like not the same player and how he isn't the same threat as he was, you know, five years ago or so. Like, it's still a question mark if he's even the same player. But then, like, I turn on like any sports network this morning or national news network, and it's like, where's the best landing spot for OBJ? Like, which team is he going to help turn around? Like, where is he going to be? And I'm like, wow, like, it's so funny how it's like when he plays for the Browns, he's washed and he's a horrible football player. And then in, like on the other side, it's like all these teams would be so lucky to have OBJ like be on their team and be right. a threat. It's, it's wild, wild. It's crazy. Okay, last point on this, and then we'll move on to the actual game because there are so many fun things to talk about in that game. Do you guys find it annoying when family members or loved ones of pro athletes or really anyone famous use social media to defend their loved ones? Yes. (laughs) Anyone who does this. And there was, you know, a lot of finger pointing last week about, well, this person does it and this person does this and, you know, that family member does this. It's all stupid. Like, if okay, (laughs) number one, if I were famous or even rich, not even like super rich, just kind of rich. I would be done with social media forever. I would never do anything on here again. It'd be over for me. So the fact that these people, like, go do rich people things. Why are, this is, social media is for poor people (laughs) only. This is for people who don't, you know, we don't get out a lot or we don't get to go on trips a lot. Like, leave us alone. Do your own rich people, you know, go get your facials or, you know, play on your yachts and leave the internet to, like, degenerates. If I'm famous, I don't, don't mind. I'm telling my family, you guys aren't allowed on social media either. None of you. Ever. You're done. If I, if I ever got famous, I'm not going to. But in a world where I dream about being famous, I would try to pull a Hannah Montana and, like, wear a wig and change my name. And, like, only, like, my family and, like, you guys would know the truth. Right. You know, I'd be like, you know, I would completely delete. I would do the same, Brittany. I would delete all of my social media. I would act like this person, whatever I change my name to. Like, that person just sprung up out of nowhere. We don't know where she's from or what she does. She just exists now, and she's famous. 
Yeah. I would be like Kevin Durant. I'd have like eight burner accounts. <laughs> <laughs> then you'd slip up. One of those days you'd slip up. I would screw up. I would screw up so bad. I, I did have to laugh though because, you know, like Browns fans, if nothing else, like we're very punny and we can make fun of ourselves. Like that's just what we do. Like we are accustomed to just making fun of ourselves. And, you know, I, I immediately thought back to like, was this worse or was it better than when Kyle Shanahan like created the like 35 page oh PowerPoint God. document, you know, like I wasn't even here when that <laughs> happened. And like, it's the best story. I like, I kind of wish I, but not also not really. That is such a wild story yeah. to me. There's so many like weird and bizarre things that have happened. So like, I, I nearly thought of that, but then like yesterday during the game, I was laughing because so many were people were tweeting about like, Miles Garrett's dad needs to start compiling clips of him getting held and send them to NFL <laughs> officiating. And now I'm like, there are so many instances where we need family members to just start editing videos and sending them to people. Like that's got to be our move as Browns yeah. fans. I mean, that yeah, that's got to be it now. I mean, it, like if you can't make light of a crappy situation, <laughs> like what's the point? Meredith, you're the video editor of the group. You get to work. Yes. Start, yes. start putting together oh some low lights. So I heard, and I, I'm, well, I know we're going to talk about this when we get into um, a recap of the game, but someone said something to me today. Not to me, sorry. I heard it on the radio. I just, sometimes, I, sorry. I My brain doesn't function, and I can't remember if it was like a conversation I had one-on-one with someone. Or I was like, no, I just heard this on the radio today. But someone was on the radio, and they were talking about Miles Garrett being held. And they're like, look at how productive he is through 60 games. Like, I think he's like the third most sacks through through 60 games of all time. And this includes being suspended for half a season. And then they said, think of how productive he would be if he either didn't get held as much or if he got the holding calls. And my mind just went because I was like, Seriously. oh, my God, That'd be, it's he would, scary. It's no excuse. It's they they can't continue to penalize him for this. They will, but they shouldn't. But it's still like it's scary to think about if he if they actually played fair with Miles Garrett. Yeah, he'd have like two hundred sacks by now. He'd be an animal. Yeah, and that's the crazy thing. Did you see what Joe Burrow called him? No, what? what? I think he called him like. Hang on, I gotta find it. Keep going with your story. I'll find it. But it made me laugh. that's all I was thinking about with Miles Garrett is that it just kind of blew my mind is that we always talk about how amazing he is, how productive on the field he is, what a great you know pick he was, all this stuff that we're saying that are complimentary of Miles Garrett. Deservedly so, he deserves all the compliments because he's easily one of the best players on the team. But then to think of how much better he would be if he didn't have two guys hanging on to his waist like <laughs> yes. in a play and have him like, you know, he looked like, you know, like when you have like nieces and nephews that like sit on your foot and, and want you to walk because they think it's a, a ride. Like that's what it looked like with Miles Garrett this weekend. <laughs> and it's like, oh my God, think of how much better he would be. But here's the thing, like there's holding on every play no matter what. Like that's just what defenders do because they know that holding doesn't get called that much. Um, or And if it does, it's what, like a five yard penalty? It's not that much. Like everyone holds on every single play and they just hope that the refs decide because if the refs called it every single time the game would never get off the ground it would just be penalty after penalty after penalty so the refs have to pick and choose which ones they call but it just it feels like yeah they're they just missing some blind spot. ones 
Yeah, they just like have a blind spot when it comes to Miles Garrett. Yeah. So Joe Burrow called Miles and Jadavion freakazoids. <laughs> <laughs> I tweeted out that they were like, I don't know if you guys watched the Mighty Ducks movies. Those are like some of my favorite movies yes. of all times. But in the second one, when they were playing for Team USA and they had the Bash Brothers in there, like that's what Miles and Jadavion remind me of. They're the Bash Brothers. Yeah, yes. Joe was like, there's two freakazoids freakazoids lined up across from you i was like what i mean i wish he wasn't so likable it's annoying i know i know um and, like he's likable and he's good yeah i mean the brown he's, got nice bad. <laughs> he's got a, he's got a nice really face. nice face really? like they kept showing like it they kept doing close-ups of him yesterday i was like would you guys stop it like i, I feel get like it looks like he's still going through puberty no <laughs> he has like a he looks like he looks like macaulay coke and should yes look. that's what <laughs> oh he my looks God. like <laughs> oh my god so oh, yes. he's like he's like the lost mcculkin brother because like kieran kieran culkin was on snl this weekend and it's weird because like when they were younger they did not look anything alike but now i feel like they look alike i don't Maybe even Joe know who, what, a... what's his name kieran kieran culkin yeah he's oh wait the, was he and she's all that culkin. Yes. Okay, he was that little brother. Oh yeah. crap! I just saw him in another movie. What was it? Scream Four. Yes. Okay. Oh my gosh. Amazing. Yes, that's him. Yeah, he does. He looks like he could be one of their brothers. Yeah. Maybe he is. That's fair. We'll have to ask him that. If he like, hey Joey, were you adopted? Did the, did the Culkin <laughs> family be like, nope? Your brothers got the acting skills. You got the athletic skills. I read right. that he leads the league in interceptions. Is that true? He might now. Wild if true. Yeah. Big if yeah, true. I think, because I you don't really hear anything about it if true. Yeah. Well, let's get into the game because yeah. the Browns destroyed the Bengals 41 to 16 on the road. I don't know if we would have seen this coming based after that week, uh, but it statistically was and has been Baker's best game thus far this season. And as of right now, the Steelers and the Bears are playing currently, but he is the highest graded quarterback in week nine via pro football focus our favorite people yep so baker his stats were 14 of 21 218 yards two touchdowns zero interceptions passer rating of 132.6 and he had 15.5 yards per completion so this looked like the baker that we saw last year quite frankly and we finally Mm. unlocked the passing game which it felt like that had been what we haven't been able to expose. It was really, really nice to see. But somehow Baker is still somehow getting, I don't know, people are still questioning him. Here's the thing, and this is one of the reasons why I think Baker could just never win, is because when Baker's throwing the ball, and yesterday he was throwing it well, so like they called for a lot of, fine, Baker's throwing well, let him throw. But also you have this guy named Nick Chubb on the team and yeah. if they don't incorporate him enough, then the fans start complaining that Nick right. Chubb isn't getting his touches. Or, you know, if Kareem Hunt's there too, Kareem Hunt's not getting his touches. So Baker is in a constant no-win situation. But really, I don't care. As long as they're winning, who cares who gets what touches, who gets what passes? Baker did a phenomenal job of spreading around the field yesterday. I couldn't. As far as the situation that Baker Mayfield's in, the Kevin Stefanski offense, this is yesterday was absolute best case scenario. He this is what Kevin Stefanski's offense looks like on a very good day. And it was a very good day for the offense. 
So I don't, he's always going to get crapped on because, well, he doesn't throw to this guy enough or, you know, his numbers weren't all that great. He only threw 21 times. So what? You can throw 21 times and still destroy the other team when you have a monstrous running back, which the Browns do. I just feel like people are determined to dislike Baker Mayfield, and I don't know why. And I don't understand where that comes from, because another terrible take that I heard in regards to Baker when it comes to the run game of, all you have to do is hand off the ball. Why can't he do that? <laughs> and it's, it's, like, it, it's like, it is so much more complicated than just looking over your shoulder and giving the ball to somebody. Like, there is so much happening on the field at all times. You've got men like Miles Garrett. Now, granted, Baker's not across from Miles Garrett, but like, you got men like Aaron Donald out there who are like looking to pancake you, and it's more than just yeah. He got the ball. he got hit multiple times in yeah. in the game yesterday too, and still completed passes. He didn't look mm-hmm. like he was unsure of himself yesterday at all. No. No, he looks like Baker of last year. Baker being no And that's all we need. Again, we don't need him to throw 40 times a game. That's not what we need to do. Because if he's doing that, that means your running game's not as involved as it should be. Okay. So let him throw, you know, 20, 25 times. Cool. Because you have two monstrous running backs that can take care of the rest. Brittany, he didn't even get the ball in his hand until there was four minutes left in the first quarter. Like, I mean, come on, people. (laughs) Yes. Like, the, the defense, fortunately for us, scored a touchdown on the first Bengals drive. And so, so then beautiful. Baker didn't get to even see the field until the quarter was pretty much over. <laughs> like, are we going to complain about that? Yes. I know, and I feel like, and I, I also feel like if, if the Browns got in the Super Bowl and they played a game in the Super Bowl like they did against the Bengals this past weekend where it was just a complete shellacking and everyone was involved and everyone did this, I feel like people would still complain. Like, Baker could be hoisting the Lombardi trophy and have a ring the size of his head. And people will be like, well, he didn't throw enough. Like, <laughs> he yes. won the Super Bowl. Like, I'm so mad. I'm squeaking. But yeah, I just, I don't understand the determination uh, to dislike Baker because here's the thing. Like if he has the ability to get it done, then he's the guy just like you have to, you have to accept that. You know, like, it doesn't matter how much you say, oh, he's not the guy, he's not the guy, he's not the guy. If he gets the job done, then guess what? He's the guy. Right. Right. And he's, you know, everyone's, well, he's still mediocre. He's still mid. You can say that until you're blue in the face. I honestly, I don't care about those people who say that. Like, if he's, if this is what mediocre looks like, if putting up 41 points on the road is what mediocre looks like. Great. Cool. Sign me up for more of that. Because I like winning. That's it. I just like to see the team win. So, exactly. Baker, go out there and be mediocre with the best passer rating <laughs> in football, by the way. But still, mediocre. That's cool. We'll work with that. And also, I'm sick of the people who are like, I want to see him win the game when it's on the line. I hate that take as well because yes. I would much rather see a game like yesterday where there's so much separation that – you know, Baker can take a nap in the third quarter. I would rather have a 41, 45, 52, whatever point beat down than have the game be on the line in the fourth quarter. Like, is it more exciting if the game is on the line and Baker wins it? Of course it is. But you like games like yesterday, games like the one against the Bengals are way more fun 
than the games that come down to the wire and then, you know, you're in overtime and you have to rely on Justin Tucker to hit a 51-yard field goal. Yeah. You know? Like, I like listening to Tony Romo say in the third quarter, well, I guess it's time to take Joe Burrow out of the game. Yes. Yes. And Jim Agreed. Nance is like, well, no, Tony. Like, all they have to do is score one more and, like, they're back. <laughs> but Tony Romo was done. He's like, get him out of here. This game's over. It's like, well, oh it's gosh. like, you know, I 17 points. I think that's the over. first. I think yesterday was the first game that Jim Nance called where the Browns won. Because I think every yeah. I looked up yep. the stats. At one point, and I think every game dating back to like 2017 or 2018, like every game that had Jim Nance on the call, the Browns lost. So yesterday was the first time that Jim Nance got to call a winner for the Browns. Woo. I'm happy for him. Yes. I'm so happy for Jim Nance. I'm sure he's thrilled as well. Yes. <laughs> Listen, he's he's always very complimentary of the Browns yes, and Baker absolutely. Mayfield. I will, I will give Jim Nance that credit. He has been very complimentary of Baker since day one he has always believed in the Browns so I know I was like saying it a little facetiously but I mean I am glad that he finally got to call a winner for the Browns because if you listen to him talk it sounds like he genuinely likes the Browns and believes in the Browns and he's a Baker stand too from from the interviews that I've heard of him so you know I just I I'm glad that that whatever curse if even if it was a curse is now lifted Yes. Okay. So I was just, I was sitting here thinking when you guys were talking, it does feel like Baker is the only quarterback in the NFL that gets criticized for when his teammates play a really good football game around him. It's like, Mm -hmm. and we've talked about this before, but it's as if Baker has to win a football game, like on his own with one arm tied behind his back while everyone around him pretty much just falls over. I I mean, it's it's just wild to me, but I think this was the first time, at least this season, that we saw a complete football game where mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. offense was clicking and then the defense obviously had a really good game, which that to me, you know, you're at the halfway point now that we finally had that happen. And do you guys think that this will be something that we see continue to happen, you know, or was this was this kind of a fluky you know, the Browns produce turnovers. That has not been something they've been able to do. So should mm-hmm. we expect this going forward? I hope so. Yeah. Like, it's it's hard to predict whether or not. Uh, but I think what we were seeing from the Browns yesterday is what we expected to see every single game. And we've talked about this week in, week out, where we just keep saying we don't understand what the disconnect is because there's so much talent on offense and there's so much talent on defense. Like, Andrew Berry did such an amazing job mm-hmm. in – building the talent on both sides of the uh, of the ball and we couldn't figure out why it just wasn't working so what we were seeing yesterday or sunday is exactly what we wanted to see out of the browns every single game this season Mm -hmm. so i don't i don't know if that is going to continue but i sure as hell hope so because i even tweeted about it during the game when when troy hill had that sack because I have been so high on Troy Hill since Andrew Berry signed him and he's been it felt like he's been ineffective mm-hmm. up until then so I was so excited to see him actually get some plays on the field and really make a difference on defense so I'm really really hoping that whatever chemistry was happening yesterday just continues because here's the thing the Browns have only lost four games a lot of people predicted a 13 and 4 season 
me for this team no actually this i did four, could... 14 and three i think <laughs> oh. <laughs> but even so like there there's a lot of predictions that that were anywhere between 12 and 14 games this team still has the ability to to go you know 13 and 13 and four they still have that ability this year so it's going to be very difficult because they have to win out every game for the rest of the season but it's not impossible and it's not outside the realm of of possibility. I just said the same thing twice in a row. I'm Listen. So excited about this. <laughs> I'm Listen, trying to fill guys. my thousand word essay over here. If the Pittsburgh Steelers of last year could go 11 and 0 with just being very bad. <laughs> and they were. They don't we're not they are the worst 11 and 0 team I've ever seen in my life. Probably that ever existed. So if they can win 11 straight games, I'm not ruling it out. Because I think what we saw yesterday was a team finally living up to its potential. Yes. And there's mm-hmm. no, they don't have blatant deficiencies that you say, oh, this is why they can't be good. You know what I mean? Like, they always had it in them to be as good as they were yesterday. They just weren't. And I'm not right. saying I- it's because of OBJ, because <laughs> realistically, he has nothing to do with the or the defense. He has, it, But, like, everything just clicked. All of it all at once maybe it's coincidence i don't know that's not for me to speculate although we could speculate wildly if you want to well why why was the de- like nobody's talking about why the defense was so much better without obj i don't know <laughs> maybe don't know it's either. just one of those unexplainable things you know but what I, the whole point is that they have it in them to play like this every single week they always have they always had it in them to be the not just as good as they were last year, but better. Because the thing that held them back last year was their defense. And the thing, it, there was a lot of things sort of misfiring this year, and things just weren't working, and they just looked so off most of the time. But yesterday, everything looked right. Everything clicked at the same time. And I don't see a reason why this can't continue. Mm. Yeah. I mean, just to continue, everyone obviously had really good games. I mean, the offensive line was dominant. I mean, you wouldn't have known Jack Conklin was out that game. I mean, there was no misstep in terms of who replaced him. Wyatt Teller, did you guys see those still shots of him? Just like, he was like Superman in the air, just like blocking people. He is so (laughs) fun to watch. I love him. I love him too. He's a fun interview too. He's been uh, on... A few different shows around town and he's been on Brown's radio a few times and his interviews are always just so much fun he's got such a great personality and in case you were not aware he is also a Hokie yeah yes Meredith, we are aware. <laughs> Guys, can I interrupt this for breaking news what yeah Johnny Stanton just tweeted an image of him Miles Garrett Wyatt Teller I think it's Miles girlfriend and he said introducing the heathens been been fun introducing these guys to Dungeons and Dragons. Who said jocks can't be nerds? <laughs> oh my god. I can't. So I'm just I'm pulling this up right now. Oh my god, this is too much. Look, this they're is just too much. sitting there playing Dungeons and Dragons. This is the cute like a little dude would love to be invited. This is so cute. Can we figure out how to get Maddox invited to Dungeons and Dragons night with Miles Garrett? Can oh my gosh. Can you imagine him standing next to Miles Garrett? He would come up to like his knee. If that. 
<laughs> yeah, because Miles is, I think he's like 6'3 or something like that. But like, not just is he a tall 6'3. He's large. Like, he's large. Yes. yes. Like he's he's only 6'3, but he's got 7'3 energy. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was, I'm really glad that you broke in for that. I mean, I that, know, that, that was very seemed, important. That seemed breaking newsworthy, I think. It was very, 100%. very much so. Yeah. I mean, this team is just gelling. And, and there's more. There's more. I mean, Donovan Peoples-Jones and David Njoku. I mean, like, we have some gems on this team. We really do. That I don't yeah. think really got a lot of attention that they deserved. And now it's their time to shine, guys. And I'm, I'm here for these, these last, these final few games. Remember, remember when Bucknuts were mad at Andrew Barry for drafting Donovan Peoples Jones? Oh my gosh! And now they probably all have his jersey. Oh, there! I know my husband is so happy, and you know I think my kids too. You know they always like to know like where did they go to school, whatever. And I was telling them that's like a Michigan player that plays for the Browns now. So my daughter wants to get his jersey, which you can't find in kids' size. So um, that. That's troubling. But then I have to tell you guys the other story about the jersey. I texted you guys last night, but this was the cutest thing ever. So little dude, you know, he has outworn his OBJ jersey. Not only is OBJ no longer on the Browns team, but the numbers are like peeling off um, because he wore it so much, which is great. Got our money's worth. So I was asking him, you know, like, who do you want your next jersey to be? And he says to me, number 28. And I was like, oh, I was like, that's Jeremiah Wusukormo, J-O-K. And he was like, yeah. I want 28 and I was like how did you like I was like what, what did you know him and he was like he's injured right now and I was like excuse me oh, what? and he was I like can't... he looked at me Brittany like matter of factly and said what I know a lot about football were you ever <laughs> more proud of him <laughs> I think he That's pretty incredible. much just pulled it out of his butt I mean I don't know like he is recognizing like numbers um, he disguised his uh, his turkey for school. He had to like dress up a turkey for school, like to disguise it so it doesn't get caught and eaten. And he made his jersey. He wanted his turkey to be a Browns player, and he made him Nick Chubb. Um, oh, that is so cute. Yeah. That's so adorable. he he knew he was number twenty four, and he was like, "Well, no one can catch him if he's Nick Chubb," which I thought was pretty smart. Oh, That's brilliant. Yeah. So you know, just raising them. I don't know. I mean, I'm setting up these children for disappointment for their life, right? Like, that's really listen, what's happening. Listen, I, the Browns are on the upswing. We said this at the end of last season. We were all Kevin Stefanski stands from the start. That was the guy that we wanted the Browns to hire, and they did. And he was coach of the year last year. And, you know, it, there was, it was a little, little rough going, but it's okay. Like, you know, you can't have sunshine without storms or however that <laughs> – I don't know if I got that right or not. Sounds but. right. Does. Something like that. Sounds good. You know, shoot for the moon. Because well, if you miss, you'll land among the stars. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just have to say, though, like, you guys would think my kids sit there and watch the game with me on Sundays. They don't. Like, here's what they do. They want to get on their iPads because, like, they know mommy is distracted and will watch the football games. Like, it's their time to, like, shine on their own. You're, like, they're independent teenagers pretty much for that moment in time. But then it'll be, like, nighttime. I'll be putting them in bed and they're, like, we want to watch the Browns game. I'm, like, well, they played, like, six hours ago. <laughs> but it's really good because on YouTube TV you can replay the game and only play, like, you can play the key plays. So, like, they'll sit there and they'll watch, like, all the key plays, which is really smart because those are the fun plays anyway. You know that – 
hold your attention. Um, so that's like what they do now. They're like, they don't want to watch the full game. They want to watch like the game after the game's over with me. So anyway, I don't know. I don't know if it's this generation of... I just think that's how you have to get started because especially with sporting events, they can be long. They can feel very long and be kind of drawn out. Like, yes. you know, there's a, there's a reason that kids' movies are 90 minutes long and lots of colors and fast-paced and bright lights and everything. Um, I, I You know, everyone has to start somewhere, and I think that's an excellent place to start for, for getting kids involved in games. Um, I had a friend, he's a hockey writer now, but he, before he was a hockey writer, I remember he said he was like, I didn't grow up watching hockey. I didn't have access to it, but this was a sport that I wanted to get into. And the way I learned it was just watching clips on YouTube and watching old games on YouTube and watching commentary on the clips just so I could learn what I was watching, what I was seeing. And, you know, and this was a fully grown adult man trying to get into a new yeah. sport because that was where he wanted his career to go and he learned it and he became a very successful hockey writer out of it so i mean there's i don't think there's any i don't think you should feel bad or be like oh this short attention span generation because it, i don't think it's a generational thing i think it's just a kid thing do you guys remember yeah. last year when they nickelodeon did like a couple of yes. playoff games on oh my god yes. that was the greatest yeah. thing ever so i think it they're, was so good i think they're doing that again this year but they started this year which my kids actually do really enjoy on wednesday nights it's seven it's seven or seven thirty nate burleson hosts with a little boy on nickelodeon it's called slime time and it's a 30 minute nfl like recap week of games that happened and like they they do it like very kid friendly um with highlights and they, they'll have like slime and they'll do animations and they do Aww. things where like during the entire show like when they're showing the plays like last week for halloween it was themed like they had to find i think they were bats and like bats would pop up on the screen and they would have to count them um so it's like really interactive very kid friendly they do like a fantasy matchup they bring like kids reporters in and like my kids love it so I would have loved that too. And like they keep asking me like when are they going to get to see like a full game, you know, slime, like a slime time game. And I'm like I think it's coming but like in 3 months. <laughs> well, and this is what I what I've been saying about the Nickelodeon games since they were announced last year is that I didn't get into football until I was in high school. Like I didn't really start watching and paying attention and I started watching and paying attention because the high school that I went to had a fairly decent football team. So I was going to the games every Friday night because I was in the marching band. And um, so that was when I really started to get into it and learn it. But if Nickelodeon had some football NFL features when I was a kid, I would have gotten into it much, much earlier because I very distinctly remember growing up, you know, my dad would be in one room watching football. Me and my brother would be in another room watching Nickelodeon. And if that football game was on Nickelodeon, we would have been in the same room watching together. So I'm so thrilled that they're doing that now. And I really wish that that was available when I was a kid because I know I would have loved it. Yeah. So they're doing it. They're doing a good thing. If you guys have a chance to catch it on a Wednesday, I think you guys would enjoy it, even as adults. Probably. That's cute. Joey would cute. enjoy it, too. Sorry, <laughs> <The> Joey. <cat. laughs> okay. Joey's had enough. 
So we have a couple of other things to cover before we end the episode. So, Brittany, I have to bring this up. I mean, we just wrote down here LeBron James needs to mind his own business, which whatever. Yes. It's, he's he's like all over the place. Like he's a Browns fan. He's an OBJ fan. Like, like just leave us alone. You don't care for DPJ. Why are you tweeting about the Cavs? First of all, isn't that like some sort of breach of something? <laughs> What's, what is he trying to prove? That's I don't I know. know. Like, leave us alone. Also, you very clearly <laughs> took sides in that OBJ Baker thing. So don't sit there and be like, oh, yeah, DPJ. Well, he never no. cheers for Baker, though. Do you notice that? It's always, it's hmm. always, yeah, the, the, yeah, he was giving everyone shout outs yesterday except the quarterback. Yeah. It's, inter- it's just interesting. Um, yeah. So but our Cleveland Cavaliers, you guys, yeah, they're good and they're fun to watch. Unfortunately, I have not been able to watch a single game this year. You haven't? Not one. Are you going to any in person soon? I'm going to one on Friday and then again on Monday. Oh, we're taking the kids on Friday. (gasps) Are you? Yes. We'll have to meet up. Yes, yes. They're excited. Yeah, so that'll be my first experience um, with watch. I I still haven't seen Evan Mobley play, which I liked the. Did you see their um, tweet, uh, Ricky and Mobley? Oh my gosh! It's the Cavs. So I mean, how fun is it that we get to have like a fun young Cavs team? I mean, Ricky Rubio is out there. Like, I don't know. He's like Steph Curry. I don't know what's I mean, happening. This clearly, is not sustainable for him. I know. I'm not <laughs> saying their right. success isn't. Like, they might just have a good year. Like, they finally might be where they're supposed to be, and that's great. <laughs> I mean, Ricky Rubio. Also, also Jared Jared Allen has been. Oh, I love that charts. man. He's yes. so I, fun. I was. I almost tweeted out today but i didn't but i was thinking i was like am i allowed to be a jared allen stan account because i might yes might become of one course. um and Britt, i know you don't watch ted lasso because it's on apple tv correct um, Bri, i don't Bri, i don't enemy. know if you watch I it i don't but... have apple tv no <laughs> oh, okay but i really want to um, see it yeah there is a character in ted lasso his name is roy kent and he's like the veteran of the soccer team and kind of like the leader and he's like gruff but when you like get through the tough exterior, he's got a soft insight, like that kind of thing. I get Roy Kent energy from Ricky Rubio. I really do. Hmm. I just like, I don't know. I just might need to send you guys just some like clips. Cause I know, Brit, I know you're not going to watch Apple TV, Correct. but I'm, you might just have to like watch a scene on YouTube or, or something just so you can see what I'm talking about. I've but heard I great get, things about the show, but they are my sworn enemy and I will never put that on my television. <laughs> It's it's a very good show. Um, I just watched it, uh, gosh, like a few weeks ago, two or three weeks ago. I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I get very very strong Roy Kent energy from Ricky Rubio. Ricky Rubio. Um, yeah. So yeah, I I think um, we'll hopefully have some fun Cavs things to talk about as the season goes on, and hopefully the Browns and the Cavs can be relevant at the same time. That would be yeah. amazing. How crazy would that be? How crazy be so fun that be yeah because i feel feel like with there because there are the dedicated Cavs fans but i feel like a lot of cleveland sports fans really seem to only care about the Cavs when they're doing well and when they're winning Mm -hmm. um and then you've got your like diehard nba Cavs fans that are watching every minute no matter what so i really i i think if you are and i'm not I'm not saying this is if it's a bad thing, but if you are one of the Cleveland sports fans that really only pays attention to the Cavs when they're good, start paying attention right now because yes. a lot of I've I have seen quite a few Cavs games, 
um, so far this season, and they have been fun. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, even even if they're you know not going to go far this year at all, like it just feels very different than last year. Like I. I didn't really enjoy watching them last year. I don't I don't know. Like it just was so hard for me to get into it. But this year, like it's already captivating my attention. Well, they're kind of in they're still kind of in rebuild mode, but not really. They're like on the uptick of the rebuild mode where they've got the guys who are going to make things better, like Evan Mobley and Darius Garland and Jared Allen and, you know, hopefully Colin Sexton when he comes back, because I think they announced he has a torn meniscus today. So like you finally have the guys that can make this team better. And just like the Browns, they're starting to click. So I, I think that was been because Colin Sexton is talented. Darius Garland is talented. They've all, but there's just, there just hasn't been something clicking there. Yeah. It's the OBJ effect. <laughs> Brittany. Um, all right, so we're going to wrap up the show with just some non-football, non-sports stuff. Uh, Brittany, I'm going to turn it over to you because, listen, I have to just set the scene. Brittany texted us today as we were getting ready for the rundown in the show, and she was like, can we talk about low tire pressure tonight on the listen. podcast? <laughs> we were like, sure, of course. I, why so, not? Brittany, like, I know people are waiting for this. I am furious. <laughs> For weeks, I go out to my car every morning, and it is lit up like a Christmas tree. Uh, like every morning, lights. and it's always something. You know, I have these little, I, like I don't know even what they are, on the steering wheel where it says, oil, tire, filters, <laughs> this, that, and it just flashes. And I'm like, can I please just sit in here for a second without you yelling at me? And today also my gas was low, so I had like five different lights on with my car flashing all of these warnings just throw it at all me. away and i'm like you know what but you know what guys it still worked everything is fine what i'm trying to tell first of all let me ask you a question okay <laughs> other than money what is the most valuable thing family i mean yeah but uh, no <laughs> oh, you're <laughs> not talking about, about like you're talking about like like things that you objects. don't want physical waste. things food yeah no your car something more important what's that meredith i was about to say your phone like i can't oh live god no i would throw my phone to the are you gonna say car is it a car <laughs> i'm gonna say time guys oh okay. Uh, yeah time. okay no that's correct so this one time i was i was with my nieces and we were at dairy queen and <laughs> they were arguing in the back seat and we had already ordered our ice cream, and I'm sitting there, and they would not shut up. I'm like, you guys need to stop, or I'm going to throw your ice cream out of the car. We were in a convertible that day, and it was, like, down. I have a Michael Scott car, by the way, in case you didn't know that. Uh, so we're in there, and it's like that. And they're like, Ampy, you're not going to throw our ice cream away. You're about to pay for it. I was like, excuse me? Do you know me at all? I will waste any amount of money to prove any point. I promise you. I don't care about money. I and I you'd think for somebody that has like so little of it I would care but I don't so when I say I'll waste money fine cool on stuff that you know either I'm trying to prove a point or I just you know want something like Christmas trees or something but <laughs> so when it comes to <laughs> low tire low pressure tire season <laughs> I'm always getting yelled at yes. to get my you got to put air in your tires. You got to put air in your tires. Let me tell you, this 
This is a scam by Big Air, guys. <laughs> Big Air is trying to get you to go waste your time. Big and Air. you can't get time back. First of all, I didn't even know it was free until this morning. No, some places me. it's not. You want to know how I know it? In that yeah. case, this is even a bigger scam. If anyone charges you for air, we we have a problem. The system okay, is Brittany, broken, can folks. I just tell you what happened to me last week? Yes, I agree with you. Biggest scam. Do you want to know why the biggest scam ever? Because yeah, please pile My on. light had been on for a week, and I was like, I better stop and get air in my tires. And I had only Lies. ever at this point been to a giant eagle where the air is free, as it should be, because it's air. Exactly. Or at a sheets, which is also free. But I stopped at this random gas station. I find the air thing. It was asking me for four quarters. Once again, no. who has quarters? Who has Absolutely change not. on them? I, There's I like am... a change. Isn't there like an international change shortage? Yes, coin shortage. Okay, so yes. factor that in. The, right. The, everyone is trying to scam you in this situation. Because it's... I'm telling you. Yes. Every time it says low pressure, low pressure, low pressure. <laughs> I bring my car to Niles. And I'm like, Dad, my car says I have low tire pressure. He gets his little <laughs> doodad out. Does he measure? And he plugs it in, and he measures the the weight, I guess. Is that what it is? Weight of the tire? The I honestly PSI. don't even know. Because I guess air weighs stuff, something. <laughs> Scam. So he measures it or weighs it or does his little nerdy stuff. And he's like, no, the tires are fine. Like, you don't. I'm like, okay. And this is like the third or fourth time this has happened when it says, hey, you need air in your tires. You don't. You know when you need air in your tires? When it's flat. You'll know when you need air in your tires. You don't need your car screaming at you telling you to do this. Actually, you don't have to trust your car for anything. My brakes were... <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> so, I was supposed to get my brakes changed probably, I don't know, like five or six months ago. And I pushed it. And I waited. And I waited. And I waited. Until my brakes literally screamed at me when I was stopping oh, the no. car. I was like, all right, I got to do something about this. So... Like three hundred dollars later, my point is that you can hear when something's wrong with your car. You don't have to trust the lights on your car. Like I've been, I was due for an oil change at ninety six thousand miles. I'm at one hundred twenty four thousand miles, and I'm fine, guys. Like there's not. I cannot wait for all of the people to be in your mentions tomorrow to tell you oh, how wrong you so are mad. about all of this stuff. All the mechanical well, dales are going to be like, "Yeah, idiot, you should." This is why women shouldn't drive. Well, and I told you guys this story like via text, but like a few months ago, I got a flat tire, and I like texted the whole group. I don't even know how it happened. I was just driving to work. And I heard a big bang, and I'm like, I don't know what that is. And something felt a little off in my car, but it was still driving fine. And so I'm driving, I'm driving, and, like, some guy's honking at me, and I'm flipping him off. I'm like, leave me alone. I'm just going to work. So I'm driving, I'm driving, I'm driving, and then I realize my car feels like it's on a tilt. That's what it feels like. You were driving on your rim. I was driving on my (laughs) rim at at highway speeds for oh, at no. least three or four there miles. Thankfully, <laughs> thankfully, I was close enough to work that I pulled off of the interstate. There's a gas station right when I get off the interstate to go to work. And sure enough, it was a flat tire. But, like, my idiot light did not come on. And then so I, called, so I called roadside assistance to help me change the tire. And I was talking to the guy as he was changing my tire. And I was like, I'm ho- like, hopefully it might just be like a hole and it can get a patch. And I can be on my way. And as he's like taking the tire off, he's like, oh, it's not going to be a patch. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, 
He's like, I, he, as he's taking the tire off, he's like, I just put my fist inside your tire. Because <laughs> he's like, drove on it for four miles. Like, what? So he showed me, and I think I texted you guys the picture too. There, Good yeah, Lord. there was a hole that was like four inches in diameter in my tire. And I was like, first off, I don't know how this happened. And then I don't know why my idiot light didn't come on saying, hey, there's something wrong. Right, like and it'll tell you every day. Oh, my favorite is when it says, you get an alert that says low temperature outside. Like, oh, really, car? Yeah, like, I wasn't just out here. Like, I didn't know, I know. the we know, temperature was low. We, yeah, we know it's negative four outside. Shut up. But, right. <laughs> like, I have like 30 things going on on my dashboard right now. You don't need to tell me that it's cold outside. I know it's cold. I walked out here. But yeah, I was like mind blown that, and I've got a new car too. It's only two years old. I was mind blown that nothing lit up on the dashboard when Terrible. I had a tire that was like near shreds. Somehow, by miracle of God, I don't even know how my rims were fine. So when I took it to the tire place to get a new tire, that's all they charged me for. They said the rims were fine. Things were put on. I've checked the tire pressure a few times since then. So there's no like unevenness. So I'm like, somehow... I drove at highway speeds on the rim and did not damage it. I don't know how that happened. But then when roadside assistance put my spare tire on and then I started driving again, the idiot light came up saying a low tire pressure. All I'm taking from this story is that- I have four full tires on right now. All I'm taking from the story is that if my car's ever, if I ever have a flat tire, I could still drive it. I will remember this and do that. Brittany will be driving on her rims. I'm do like, no, not it's recommend fine. it. I do not. So I do not recommend it because if my rims were damaged, <clears throat> I don't even know what rims are. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> like I can't my... emphasize this enough. I don't care okay. about cars. So my tire, thankfully, just the one tire replacement was. I think it was like 120 dollars, which wasn't bad. But if the rims were destroyed, it would have been like it probably would have been several hundred, close to a thousand dollars. So please. Brittany, if you get a flat tire, don't drive on your rims. Please it's, don't. No, it's all a scam. This is I just a big mechanic I just screwing empathize with the fact, though, Brittany, that, like, you're right about the lights. My car's seven years old now, but, like, the lights to me, first of all, something will light up, and I'm like, well, this looks like the state of Arkansas. Like, what <laughs> is this telling me? Like, I, I have to, like, decode what all of these lights are, like, because mine are all just shapes, and I'm like, I no and then i look in the thing and it's like well it could be your engine or it could be you just have your gas cap that's open that needs to i'm like well okay so my engine versus my gas cap that right. needs closed those are two very different things why is it yeah. the same light why right and they're all like exclamation points too yes, like I mean, can you just like <laughs> calmly tell me what is wrong Yes. Or even like a question you. i was like a question mark like something's wrong I don't know. it's like you the priority email yeah. <laughs> like everything's a priority. If everything's a priority, nothing's a priority. So I'm not going to do any of it. You need like a talking car, kind of like um, like Google or Siri. Be like, right. hey, Siri, what's the wrong on- with my car? The only one I'll listen to is the gas one. And even then, I ignore it till it's about 40 miles away. Like, if yeah. it's my car oh, starts going off like 75, I'm like, okay, if I could drive from Cleveland to Niles, it's really not that serious. Like, this is a little dramatic. Once it gets to like the 40 range, I'm like, all right, now you make a good case. I will stop. <laughs> you make a good case. <laughs> That's it. That's the only one that matters. Everything else is a scam. Oh, Don't fill your tires, people. They're lying to you. They're trying to waste your time and money. 
That's well, it. Well, don't overfill them because you'll you will ruin your tires if you overfill them. If you put a gun up to my head and said, Brittany, fill your tire, I would have no idea what to do. Like, you know what? Just shoot me. I, I actually, I would rather die than put air in my tire. It's like the worst episode of Squid Game. Oh, I know, Brittany. Brittany's like, just take me. <laughs> like, that's like the Squid Game is, okay, you're the, the light is blinking on your car. You need to fix it. And Brittany's like, no, I'm good. I'm good. like, I'll just take me. drive into a lake. Problem fixed. <laughs> light it on well, fire. You live so close to the lake, so it's convenient. I saw someone, there was outside my apartment the other day, they had eight parking tickets on them. I was like, I would literally just light my car on fire and be like, I'm not doing this. I will start a new life before I pay eight parking tickets. Well, and also, like, I feel like, because I saw that um, by my office, too, I got really, really mad on Sunday morning. So I have, like, I have a parking garage that, you know, is connected to my work. But it's a few blocks away, so on weekends, I'll park right outside my building because street parking is free, and I'm right there. It's closer. I don't have to walk um, the few blocks. And plus, I get there, like, hella early on Sunday mornings. And so I'm driving down the street where my office is, and I got really excited because I could have sworn I, I saw a spot, which are very rare. And I got there, and it wasn't a full space. It was a half space because someone was parked so poorly that they were parked in between like two areas of parallel parking. So no one could fit in front of them or behind them unless they were like in a Mini Cooper or something. And I got really mad about it, but they also had a ticket on their car. And I was like, they had to have been here since Friday because they don't ticket on the weekends in downtown Cleveland. So I was like, the fact that A, this car was parked poorly and B, it has a ticket on it means that it has been parked poorly for two days. That is infuriating. Yup. Just start a new life with a new car. That's it. (laughs) I mean, I like I for a moment was considering moving downtown just because I didn't want to have to worry about driving to work. I was like, oh, I'll just walk to work. But I realized I use my car for a lot more things. And plus, I love my car and I actually do like cars in general. Like I've worked on cars most of my life. So I was just like, no, I couldn't get rid of my car anyway. So it would just be a hassle moving. So staying put. Ladies. But like if you're but if you're in a situation where you can give up your car, highly recommend it. Because when I lived in D.C. and I barely used my car, it was awesome. Yeah, cars are annoying. Another pain. <laughs> Another pain to deal with. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, that wraps us up. This was a really good way to re- end the show. I like this random segment we did. How's your stomach feeling, Brie? I'm feeling great. Feeling great. I, yeah, you know, I put a bullet point on here, you guys, for the rundown, and it was just called Baby Sharts. (laughs) My house has experienced sharts like all week long, and I'm the last man standing of catching this stomach bug, and I just, just felt right. You for what this entire wish. this entire last week felt like it was one big whole shart and that's what we were experiencing so, you might need to wear a mask around your house i think i might honestly like i i've always said if a mask can help me avoid a stomach bug i will wear that damn thing day in and day out in my own home and don't start start singing the song around little dude because then he'll never stop singing okay so little dude started the whole shart okay you know, he doesn't know what chart stands for, but like it's, it's, 
when you fart, but poop comes out, right? Like it's when she like that's and it's the combined. Yeah, sure. I don't know where he learned this, but he got off the bus last week and no lie comes running into the house, tearing his clothes off as soon as he gets in the house, runs to the bathroom, follow him up the stairs. And we were like, what's going on? At this point, he's already on the toilet. He goes, I'm okay. I just sharted. (laughs) It smelled so bad. And so we have, we have been on days, days of sharts. The poor kid. He's going to listen to this when he's like 15. He's like, days Mom. Of shards. Days of sharts. Days of sharts. Doesn't that sound like, that shards. sounds like a soap opera. Days yeah. Well, instead, of, <laughs> instead of days of thunder, it's days of shirts. <laughs> well, also, okay. So, Brie, you have a bathroom on the first floor. Well, Layla was house. in it. Is, oh, okay. So he, that's what I was he was like, in full-on he... panic mode. Oh, full-on okay. panic mode. Like, taking his clothes off to, like, make it upstairs. <laughs> oh. I mean, I get it. Like, that is an awful, like, and he probably, like, held it all day at school, you know? Oh, no. I'm glad he didn't, I'm glad he didn't shard at school. That would be just devastating. And, yeah, like, they never live that down are, either. Once you yeah. poop your no. pants at school, like, that's all you're known for forever. Exactly. Yeah, he would be, like, he would be Captain Shardy Pants up until his, he's his senior year in high school. <laughs> you know, like, I if think he, he decides he... to play if he decides to play football in high school, his jersey's going to say Mr. Farty Pants. I think he would honestly wear it with pride, to be honest with you. <laughs> you know, like, boys, but he, like, loves poop, so. <laughs> anyway, I mean, like, Lamar Jackson, he pooped his pants on national <laughs> TV on Monday Night Football. I mean, come on. Heroes. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> he has someone to look up to. Oh my god! I completely forgot about that moment. I'm so glad you reminded me of it because that was just. It was. I don't remember. Did the Browns even win that? No, game? they didn't. Remember. Which is no, what made it so much worse. He pooped his pants and then he came back and won. Oh, oh that was such a that was such a moment though. Man, all right. Well, that was a great way to end the show. Sharts and yeah, all. Yeah, we we had to get that in. Sure, yes. I know. Thank you guys. I needed this. I needed. The, I needed all these laughs. Yes, all of them. All it's right. It's been a great victory Monday. Yeah, well, the freaking Bears are imploding on against the Steelers. What is it about this of team with other teams imploding? I think that they've got like I don't know. They they've got like a kill switch or something on other teams. Be like, oh, you're gonna play good every single game except against us. Yeah, the Steelers are annoying. It's it's yes. very annoying. So yeah, it's. It is what it is. Next week, we're on to New England, and we will be back for that. Brittany, it was so good having you back, the three of yes. us. Yes, this was so, was so funny. We missed you so much. I missed you guys, too. Now, go take care of your car. No, I will fill, not. Fill, fill the tires. <laughs> take care of yourself. Go, go, fill, go fill the tires and then watch Ted Lasso. I'm not yes. going to let big air get to me, guys. No one's <laughs> wasting air. my time except me. <laughs> all for tuning in to our show um we thank you guys for listening please be sure to send us some tweets tomorrow let us know what you think uh enjoy celebrating this week victory monday victory week without bj on to the next one we'll talk to you guys all next week